This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to think like Jesus, which is a pretty unusual concept when you think, you know, you want to have the mind of Christ. We know the scriptures teach us that, but having the mind of Christ and thinking like Jesus, are these things even similar? Because you're probably talking more about a cultural element than a uh, kind of having a biblical Christ-centered theological approach. Yeah, You're thinking about how Jesus thought as a Hebrew Hebrew. Yeah, we're, not talking, we're not talking about T.W. Hunt's The Mind of Christ, which is a no, great that's right. That's, right. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Yes. No, as in no, we are not. Yes, as in no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good topic. Let us not, let, let us not uh, belittle that. What we're saying is there is a way to think like an Easterner where you can hear the words that Jesus spoke in such a way where the Old Testament audience or the, or the transitional audience that Jesus was in understood what he was saying. And I think what happens is this. Over time, the far, farther we get away from the time Jesus was here, there are a couple barriers, Chris, that get in the way of us understanding who Jesus was and what Jesus said. Okay, so I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Okay, I like pop quizzes. I'm not good at them, but I do like them. Okay, the pop quiz is this. What barriers would hinder or impede us from understanding the words of Jesus uh, from 2,000 years ago to today? What are some of the barriers? Uh, I would say the biggest barrier might be context. Ooh, that's a good one. What do you How, mean How, where he's at, who he's speaking to, and, and just why he's saying what he's saying in that context. That's a good one. Okay. What's another one? A few. There's another a- one. Another one might be language. Language. The is- language he uses is different than our modern day. Like if we said, you know, if we saw Jesus today and we're like, what's up? He might be like, what are you talking about? Well, he's Jesus. He, he would know everything. But in that culture, he might look up and think, I don't know. You know, what is up? I don't yeah. I don't know what you're asking yeah, me. Yeah. He uh, would say shalom. the language. Yeah. <laughs> shalom. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, so I'd say context, language. Those are two big barriers. Okay. Um, customs of the day, big difference. Uh, yeah. Geography, very big difference. The yes. way they lived, big difference than today. Right. And so you have all these barriers that, hinder us from understanding what Jesus said, okay? But you also have the nuances of the Hebrew culture, okay? So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how we can bend our ear, how we can tune our hearts to hear from Jesus when we hear the Bible. Because the the challenge is this. Let me give you an example. Even the language, Chris, has nuances of meaning, okay? And the language has to be put back into the culture. Now, The challenge we're facing is this. We don't have one language challenge. We have three language challenges. Wow. Yes. I I don't even have half a language challenge because when it comes to... (laughs) We're still working on English. I've got one down. I I took German in high school and I took Spanish in college 
and didn't do good in either one of those. Can you remember anything? I can remember some things. Okay. Uh, but but not enough to have any conversation, you know. <laughs> no. Like Strasse is street. <laughs> but how does that help me? How, how's that going to help me? I can get you to the street, but you can't get anywhere else. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So let's use the word fly, for example, in English. Okay. And the three languages, let me just say, are Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Okay. Greek was considered like the American uh, version or American, the English of America. And so it was the worldwide language or it was the language of currency and uh, the language of the world at that time it was starting to be. And so that's why the Bible was translated into Greek. Can, you, Bible, speak, can you say something in Greek? Yeah. Hutas um, haragapasin hatheos tan kosmon hoste tan weon tan monogamy etikin. And, you know uh, more Greek than I know German. Well, that's uh, for God so loved the world. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, Golly. okay. I don't that know my Greek. Word. Greek is the language of the world at the time. And then what else? Okay, and then so and then you had Hebrew and Aramaic. Aramaic was the spoken language. Hebrew was more the formal language. Okay, so you need to take those in consideration. Let's use the word "fly" for example. Okay, the English word "fly." What does that signify? Um, it could signify many things. Okay. Is it the bug or am I flying? Okay. Or am I hip? Ooh, fly, right. Or is your fly down? <laughs> that's, that's another one. Okay, that's another one. Okay, so just right there, we have four meanings for the exact same word. Yes. Okay? What determines the meaning, Chris? The context of the sentence. Yes, you're on it today. The context of the Finally. sentence. You're on it today. Okay. No more quizzes today, please. I want to have 100%. <laughs> okay, good. Let's cut it there. Okay. So here's what we're going to get to. Let's talk about how to think like a Hebrew. And I want to show you the difference between uh, Western Greek American thinking, which is mm -hmm. not bad. Remember, when we talk about the differences, we're not putting down one to elevate the other. Right. We're just saying this is who we are. We celebrate our differences. We celebrate our culture. But we have to realize we're already at a disadvantage because mm -hmm. the Bible is a predominantly Jewish book uh, written in a Jewish culture by Jewish men and women, uh, particularly men. But some books are written about women and two women and women followers. So we have that as well. Uh, the culture is different. The context is different. Everything is different. Okay. So in his book, Hebrew thought compared to Greek thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Thorleaf Bowman. What, what, what's his name? Thorleaf? No, Thorleaf. Oh, Thor <laughs> Thorleaf Bowman is a real book. Talks about the differences. Okay, so I just want to read a line from him because I think it's helpful. He says, Greek mental activity appears harmonious, prudent, modest, and peaceful. So the way we think is got, got to always be harmonious. It's prudent. It's, it's moderate and peaceful. To the person to whom the Greek kind of thinking occurs, it's plainly ideal. So what you say is what you mean. Hebrew thinking, on the other hand, appears, now watch this, appears to be exaggerated, appears to be immoderate, appears to be in bad taste. Ooh, he says. Okay? That's a struggle. That's a struggle because here's the challenge. 
we read the Hebrew language as having apparent contradictions, Chris. I mean, that's what we do. We read things right. in the Bible and we say, ah, that contradicts this, or that's inconsistent with this. And that is part and parcel for the Hebrew culture and the Hebrew language. So hmm. I'm going to teach you a technique today that has helped me so much in my own Christian life. And it's really helped me get past this idea of one or the other. Okay. So the question is, did God choose me or did I choose God? Mm. Is it Calvinism or Arminianism? Is it predestination or free will? And the answer to that question or those questions. I know the answer. You know the answer. Okay. I know the answer. We're going to come back to that. (laughs) We're not going to answer it right now, but we will definitively answer that question. We're going to solve all the words. One word. With Calvinism and Arminianism as soon as we get back from the break. This is an ancient challenge that has never been settled for most people, at least in, in their minds maybe, but right. we're going to settle it for once and for all in this podcast. This is a pretty important podcast. We're going to put it to bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a brief break and we'll come back and address that and some other issues. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back talking today about a really interesting, I I think it's interesting. I sure hope it's interesting because we've got a whole podcast on it. How to think like Jesus. And we talked about the the nuances of the languages of the day. and And we're talking about how to have this mindset. And then one of the interesting things to me is you said Hebrew uh, it really is not like, it's more than a surface level type language. So it's, it's difficult because we read it and we think one thing, but because it's got so much nuance, it could mean something completely different. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what, what we're going to talk about is how can we think with two hands? Okay. I know you're waiting for a big drum roll, some profound truth, but I'm going to teach you something very simple that's going to help you, uh, take these very difficult, challenging, contradictory, appearing, inconsistent ideas and show show you how you can amalgamate them together and how they are actually more synergistic than they are opposite, okay? We got some big words today. Amalgamation and synergistic. Well, I don't know where those came from, but we're gonna move on, okay? So here's the deal. I want you to look at your hands, okay? And you're going to think of doctrines in the Bible like a Hebrew. A Hebrew thinker thinks on two hands. They don't have a problem, Chris, with apparent contradictions. They don't have a problem with things that appear to be different or paradoxes in the Bible. Because or the other. They are, yes, they are able to think with two hands, okay? So here's how it works. On the one hand, the Bible talks repeatedly about how God chose you, 
how before the foundation of the world, he chose you in him to be pure and holy, blessed in him, adopted in the family of God, Ephesians 1. Okay, so that's true. You were dead in your trespasses and once you once walked. You didn't choose the Lord. You couldn't choose the Lord. It was God who gave you the grace to believe and called you. Okay, so we see that all through the Bible. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. No one's righteous, no, not one. Uh, the, the human heart is desperately wicked and above all things deceitful, Isaiah. I mean, you see it all through the Bible, okay? So we have a clear picture that we did not choose God. God chose us. Mm. On the other hand, there uh, are clear passages that talk about how we have to respond, Chris. Jesus mm. says, whosoever will come to me. Anyone heavy laden and burdened, come to me and my yoke is easy and I'll give you rest. So the question is, is it a puppet show where Jesus already knows and, and you know, he's, he, he's saying you're, the only reason you're coming is because I've orchestrated and, and, and no, a Jewish person wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that. You didn't get saved out of a puppet act where God made you respond to the gospel. You responded to the gospel under your own free will under your own volition, and you responded to God. Now, the question is, which one is it? Hmm. And if you go on Twitter or Facebook or any of the conferences today, there are a lot of groups, a lot of coalitions, a lot of new networks. There are. A lot of new networks. And they have taken a side. And I will leave it at that. <laughs> have taken a side, put a stake in the ground, and said, we're right and you're wrong. And that is a very Western way to do it. But a Jewish way, a Jesus way, a Hebraic way says you can have these two, which look different, which actually work together. So let me give you a way to think of it. In Western thought, A plus B is always C. Just follow the example. Okay. There is one statement, Chris, for the conclusion A plus B. It's always that. It's black or white. But for the Eastern mind, this is the way they see it. The diagram changes. It's A plus B equals AB. Hmm. It's both. So if you ask a Jewish uh, believer in Jesus, if you ask someone in the... Uh, a messianic cult, Jew. If you ask a messianic Jew, yeah. If you ask him, did Jesus choose you? Or did you choose Jesus? Guess what he says? Can I guess the correct answer? Yes, you can. The answer is yes. <laughs> did you choose Jesus or did he choose you? Yes. Yes to both. Yeah, that's right. Now, let's just pause here for a moment because some of you are saying it can't be that. It cannot be yes to both. And that's because we have been programmed in our mind to be either or. This is the problem, and I don't want to get on this cultural issues today, but this is the problem in our world today. One of the challenges in our world today is that you either pick this side and by picking this side, you don't pick that side. And the challenge in our world today is that you can't, you can't be on both sides. Like you can't say I'm supporting in solidarity with this group, but I'm also speaking in support of this group. No, to be on one side, Chris, is to be against the other side. Mm. And you cannot say, no, 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 I'm actually standing with a lot of different people and I, and I have a nuanced approach and, and the human soul is complex and we don't have to be pigeonholed into silos, okay? So that's the way 
Jesus would think. Now, let me tell you another insight. We have a lot more, but let me tell you another one. Western Americans, Greeks, and, and when I say Greek, you're saying, I'm not a Greek, I'm an American. I'm not a Greek, I'm a Westerner. In a few podcasts, we're going to get into how we have been influenced by Hellenism. Now, I've talked about this for years, and I believe this is the missing link why most Christians don't understand why they are a product of the environment of Hellenism, Chris. We don't even realize it. It affects everything we do, how we think, how we act. And so we're going to talk about that. So when I say Greek or Western, that's what I mean. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Western Greek Americans, we learn by learning or thinking, okay? We learn by information. That's how we learn. For example, if you want to learn how to um, have a bee farm. Wow. Did you just snatch that I, out of the air? As a- <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of something out there, but that was pretty out there. And I don't have a bee farm yet. <laughs> But what is the if, bee farm called? Is it called a bee farm? I guess. We know a guy in our church that has a bee farm. That's true. I don't think it's called a bee farm, though. I think there's another word for it. Okay. You see how much I know about bee farming. But the reality is, if you have a bee farm, the, the thing is, how do you learn how to raise bees? Well, my answer is YouTube. YouTube. That's how you learn everything. How do I learn how to have my own farm? YouTube. How do I learn how to shear sheep? YouTube, although I did almost kill one. How, how do you learn, learn how, to how to shear your dogs? Shear your dogs, YouTube. I mean, everything's YouTube, okay? So when we want to learn something, okay, our approach to learning is gathering information. Watch the shift. Here's the shift. In a Eastern culture, in an Eastern culture, they learn by doing. We learn by gathering information. The Eastern culture learns by doing something, okay? So that's why, now think about all the way back. Socrates and Plato, when they were trying to create, quote unquote, disciples, watch this, you'll see it perfectly. What did they do in the Agora? What did they do in the, in the courtyard, in the Parthenon? What did they do, Chris? They Debate. sat around and debated. Mm. I mean, you are 100% today. Today, I'm on top of it. Yeah, they debated. Okay. What did Jesus do with his disciples? Mm. He asked them questions. He asked them questions and they traveled and yeah. they were a part of ministry. And he put them in situations that he left them alone at the base of a mountain to see if they could cast out a demon filled boy. And they couldn't. And, but, but that was okay because he regrouped and sent them out again. He sent them on short-term mission trips. He taught them how to pray and then challenged them to pray. So the difference is, and we'll close here, Western American Greek way of doing something or learning is through information. An Eastern approach learns by doing. Mm. That's a strong word, and I think it's helpful to our discipleship groups. As we're leading and discipling others, this is a powerful way for to understand, you know, obviously how to think differently, but also how we should be leading our people by example, 
discussing topics, not just disseminating information. So important. Well, thanks for listening today. No, there are tons of podcasts out there and we appreciate you choosing ours. Check out the show notes for this episode and all of our episodes at replicate.org. And next week, we're going to jump back in with more information on how you can lead your group and how you as a disciple maker can continue to learn and disciple others. You can hit us up at replicate men, replicate M I N on Instagram and Twitter and replicate ministries on Facebook. Facebook. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, share it, tell a friend about it, pick up your phone right now if you don't mind, text it to them. As always, rate or review the podcast to help us out. And until next week, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.